Hi and welcome to my latest podcast. I'm super excited you're joining me as we go through the Gospel of John and we look at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends and we come across some incredible theological gems, some wonderful stories and just this amazing perspective that's really different from the other three Gospel writers. So buckle up and join me, Paul White, as we saunter through the book of john good morning everyone good morning saunterers welcome to a beautiful sunny day in my garden and the sun is just about to come up over the trees and it's gonna strike us like glory (laughs) so it's fabulous and the birds are out and god loves us and we're sauntering in john's gospel today so we're looking at Jesus through the eyes of his best friend John and uh, we started yesterday so if you missed yesterday you can find it Um, Lord Jesus help us today let this be an encounter with you as we just look at the words of your beloved friend John and inspired by the Holy Spirit Lord speak to us today amen we have a lovely helicopter going by just in the crow going (laughs) okay here we are verse 19 of chapter 1 and this is the testimony of John this is John the Baptist when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him who are you he confessed and did not deny but confessed I'm not the Christ and they asked him what then are you Elijah and he said I'm not Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. So this is John the Baptist. Now, it's really important we understand when when we read the word testimony... This is a really, this is a strong word. This is like a testimony in a court of law. This is when we give evidence in a court of law. John, John the Apostle, who's writing the letter, the, the book, says this is the testimony of John, as in John the Baptist. He's saying this is his, the purpose why he came. We, we talked in previous saunders about the word martus, and this word testimony comes from the same um, Greek word, um for martyr that we translate now into martyr but it means testimony it means that strongly um this is my testimony here i stand you know this is my evidence i'm giving in court and john the baptist his purpose on the earth was to give this testimony that this logos is actually Jesus Christ he is the messiah he's god's son and so on and so on and so on and all the stuff that John went on to say which we'll look at in a minute he was giving it was like him giving evidence in a court of law and the court that he was facing i suppose is the court of history and the history is borne out John's evidence because as people have put their trust and they've turned to follow Jesus the world has changed individual lives have changed one by one by one but the whole world has changed because of Jesus coming into the world and so John's testimony that this one now who I'm baptizing this 
evidence that he gave to the court of the human race, if you like, is has been borne out through history. And this Jesus, this Logos, has something like two billion followers around the world today, which is incredible. And our beloved queen, who's just died, she was one of those followers and she gave evidence, didn't she, even in her death, in her funeral, because of her life, the way she'd lived, she gave evidence that this Jesus is indeed the Messiah, is indeed the Lord, and the higher authority than any earthly authority that she herself bowed her knee before. So, incredible. So, John's testimony is really, really important for all of history and it, he is not that we depend entirely on John's evidence, but he he was the one who his his task was to identify the Messiah and say, this is he. And so this is the testimony of John. And the Jews had come, they'd sent they'd sent some people some to kind of check him out to do their research and to find out who indeed he was, because he had such a following. And as we know, the Jews were very um, susceptible to feeling, um, what's the word, jealous and uh, like they were being done out of a job. They were being ousted from their position of favour with the Romans. And so they wanted to kind of thoroughly check out anybody who was a threat to them. And they were somewhat paranoid. But John is really, really clear. He says, no, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, so are you Elijah? He said, no, I'm not. Are you the prophet? No, I'm not. In fact, John always seems to deflect the attention from himself and try to elevate and lift up Jesus and draw draw all the attention to him. And so he said, I'm not the prophet. And they said, no. So who are you? And this is his answer, which is so kind of, oh, what's the word? Ambiguous and kind of, you know, it's non, it's kind of non-specific, isn't it? He says, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. You know, this is, I'm actually here to serve a purpose. I'm just a voice. I'm someone crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And indeed, if you want to pin it into scripture, Isaiah the prophet spoke in this way and I'm doing the very same thing. I'm bringing the same word that Isaiah brought 700 years before. I'm saying make straight the path, make straight the way of the Lord. So I am ushering in a new epoch, a new move of God and um, and just as Isaiah predicted. So verse 24, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. So these were these people who'd come to ask John who he was and they said they asked him then why are you baptizing if you're neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet and John answered them I baptize with water but among sorry um, but among you stands one you do not know now remember we read in the previous little section yesterday it said that he he was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him John also says that he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And so John the Baptist is here just kind of underlining that point. He's saying here, there's one among you whom you do not know. I've come to baptize with water, but actually there's one among you that you're not aware of. You haven't recognized. And even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. John says, listen, guys, 
you i'm yeah sure i've got a following i've got lots of likes and followers on instagram whatever yeah he would have had wouldn't he but he and people would have been there with their facebook live filming here i am at the river jordan and john the baptist is baptizing people and here i am and look at all these crowds and everything else but he's saying listen great i've got this following but he says this one among you that you haven't recognized i'm not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandals i'm not even worthy to be his domestic servant this is this is a there's such a differential between him and me he is and i can't i'm just so not worthy and so yes you've come to ask me who i am but you should be looking for this one and so verse 28 says, these things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. And if you've got a Bible, you can look in your maps at the end and justify them being there and just see where. The, and some of you probably even been there. And my sister is in Jordan at the moment having a lovely holiday. Um, but so this is where John was baptizing people. Verse 29. So it's a real place. It really happened. This is history. This isn't make-believe kind of fable by Aesop or someone else this is something that really really happened and John is not kind of John the Baptist and John the Apostle they're giving evidence this is their testimony that they would literally stake their lives on John the Baptist paid the ultimate price didn't he for identifying Jesus he he was beheaded and tragedy tragedy but he was ready for that he he knew that his job was to be a forerunner and a trumpeter heralding the coming of the messiah so verse 29 it says the next day he saw jesus coming towards him and said behold look behold just means look it's a very biblical kind of word isn't it but it just means look see what's in front of you behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world now if we want jesus just to be a a kind of great thinker or a social reformer or a a champion for justice he is all of those things but he is so much more and john the john the baptist and john the apostle want us to understand that jesus his whole purpose was to give his life away he came into the world to lay his life down he was from the beginning a lamb of sacrifice who would take away the sin of the world. He would literally pay for every every item on the charge list, a charge sheet against the human race. He would literally pay for every single sin, every item of sin, every misdemeanor, every transgression. Jesus came to take that away of course we understand now that it requires something from us and that's to say yes lord let what you did count for me it's no good jesus just taking away my sin if i carry on and say no i want to stay in my sin i just want to stay sinful and ugly and uh, i don't want god then it doesn't count for us so it's that thing of like we have to say jesus yes let what you did count for me but i am jumping the gun let's hang in there so john is saying behold 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you understand anything at all about the Hebrew um, traditions of sacrifice and stuff that Moses gave the, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people to do um, in the law, these sacrifices were all pointing to the day when Jesus, this Lamb of God, would be the total fulfillment of all of these sacrifices and all of this kind of ritual and bloody gory sacrifices and smoke and incense and everything else that one day that that, that could never fully cover us and it could never properly atone or cover us in or take it away and then the perfect lamb the one that god had chosen since before the universe was made he was nominated and found worthy to be that perfect sacrifice that takes away the sin of the world. And he says, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me. So John's job was to say, this is he, this one, behold, this one before you, behold the Lamb of God, this is he who ranks before me. This is he of whom I said, because he was before me. I did not, sorry, who ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 30. Verse 31, he says, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, again that word testimony, witness, martus, um, he bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So John had a tip-off from God that there was going to be a moment where he would see the Holy Spirit come on somebody and remain on them and he would know that was happening and then he would know that that was the messiah and of course we know and if you want to buy my book the christing you'll read all about it that christ means anointed one in isaiah 61 um the writer isaiah says the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me because he's anointed me the word there is the hebrew word which corresponds to the word we have which is christ, which could be uh, which is anointed but it could be christed so the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me because he's christed me to bring good news to the poor and of course it's talking about jesus being the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, the one just like when Queen Elizabeth was crowned in Westminster Abbey and the Archbishop then poured oil on her and she had this specially made dress that would allow the oil to run down her bare neck and back. And she experienced a moment where God really did, she believes she met with God in that moment. And, but that's just even however great and grand and wonderful that is on a human level, it's just a tiny, teensy-weensy little picture of the anointing that is on Jesus himself, the Messiah, the Christed one, the anointed one, to 
bring salvation to the whole world, to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to open blind eyes. This is why he came. And so when when John is here, hi Zoe, hi George, hi Sarah, hi Fran. Sorry, I haven't been saying hello to everybody, but great to see you guys. But he's saying, this, John was tipped off by the Holy Spirit himself in that he would see somehow and I don't know whether the Holy Spirit said to him it's going to be in the form of a dove or whether John just saw this dove come and settle on Jesus and thought this is it this is the Holy Spirit this is exactly he would have known in his heart he would have known in his head he would have known in his eyes he would have just known that it wouldn't have been like mm, I wonder it was like boom this is it whoa this is the one John you need to identify him now get out there and proclaim his name and tell everybody this is he the one who I've told you about and so John's whole purpose I'm saying it a lot aren't I John's whole purpose was to clearly identify the Messiah and to say this is he it's not like he's coming, it's now he's here. That is a very different role. Most prophets are talking about something that is happening or maybe is about to happen. John literally said, this is it. This is he. And it's interesting that John says, I myself didn't know him because we, we know that Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. It's quite likely that John and... <clears throat> Jesus did hang out together. We don't know that they didn't, but it seems that what John's saying, I didn't know it was him. I didn't know his identity. It's like, I've been playing with Clark Kent as a kid growing up. He lived next door. I didn't know he was Superman. Do you know, it was that kind of thing. I didn't. Anyway, it's different. Sorry, I don't want to degrade Jesus into that kind of trashy superhero thing. But at the same time, it's that kind of thing. I didn't, I didn't realise I, I, he, John may well have known him, but he didn't know him. He hadn't had that eyes opened. He didn't have that moment of revelation from God where he... And many people are like that with Jesus. They hear about him. They kind of, yeah, I know about Jesus. Yeah, I've read the Bible. I've read the Gospels. I know about John, John's Gospel. But their eyes haven't been opened and they've never seen Jesus. And my prayer, oh, Jesus, if anyone is listening today who hasn't, met Jesus, I pray that right now God will open your eyes and you'll begin to see him just as he really is and that your whole life can change from this moment on because you recognise Jesus as the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the one who literally has paid for every messy, nasty, gross piece of sin in your life everything that you're ashamed of everything that you regret and all the things that you've done in ignorance he wants to take all of that away because he is the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world he wants to do that for you hi zoe and admire admire good to see you guys and so where are we then verse 35 the next day John was standing with two of his disciples. So John had his own disciples, his own little crew. Hold on, let me just make sure I read this bit because I don't think I did. He said, verse 33, he says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptized 
baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This is important. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. Once again, he's using this legal language, but he's saying this one who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he is also the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Now, I am a charismatic. I love the Holy Spirit. I love what he does. It was one of my biggest joys to see people come alive in the Spirit and get filled with the Spirit of God and watch that transformation and watch them move into a realm of the supernatural with God's hand all over them. That is so exciting. <clears throat> but when John is baptizing people in the water, what he's doing is he's sploshing them right into the water and hiking them back up again and they come up and they're wringing wet and they're wiping their eyes and it's running off their hair and down their clothes are all wet jesus is going to do precisely the same thing with the holy spirit to those who come after him he says this is the one who baptizes with the holy spirit jesus wants to plunge you into the river of his holy spirit and hold you under until it's going up your nose and in your ears and in your hair and your clothes is all ringing wet with the holy spirit so he wants to do and then he wants to release you into the world dripping wet with the holy spirit come on Woohoo! the next day verse 35 again john was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at jesus as he walked by and said behold the Lamb of God. He is going to make sure people get this point, isn't he? So two days in a row. The two disciples heard him say this. So these are John's own disciples. He had his own followers. And they heard him say this and they followed Jesus. So they divert from following John and go after Jesus that day. And Jesus turned and saw them following him and said, "Who? What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. Can you imagine getting to hang out with Jesus just for one day? And these guys are like, whoa, we just want to see where you're staying. I don't know what they wanted to do, whether they thought he lived in a palace or something or what. Or I think they just wanted to grab some time with Jesus and just be around him and just catch the glory and the mm, loveliness of being with him. Oh, boy. And they said, we just want to see where you're staying. And he said to them, come and see. So they spent the day with him. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Well, we've heard of Simon Peter, Peter, James and John, one of the famous disciples. And this is Andrew, who we don't hear so much about. He's Peter's brother. But it turns out he was one of John's, John the Baptist's disciples. But when he encounters Jesus, he just says, John, you know, I, I need to follow Jesus He's the one you've been talking about. I need to kind of move over, change shirts, if you like, and get on Team Jesus. And so Andrew, he first found his own brother, Simon, as in Simon Peter, and said to him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. So they'd spent a day with him and they'd heard John's testimony. They'd seen John baptize him. And now they'd spent a day with him and now they were hooked. They were going to follow him regardless. And so Andrew goes and he tells his brother Simon, come on, bro. 
we found the Messiah. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what our whole lives have been about. And so we found the Messiah, which means Christ, which means anointed one. Verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And we know him well as Peter, which Peter means rock. I love it. I, I kind of want to think of Jesus calling him Rocky because it's just kind of fun. And I think Jesus had fun. I think he was, I think there was always a bit of banter with Jesus and these names that he called them. We'll find what John's nickname was probably as we go through. But he was kind of calling out something in Peter. He was saying, you're going to be a rock, Peter. And uh, anyway, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. So there's where these guys came from. There's also a guy called Philip. And Philip found Nathanael. And said to him, we found him of whom Moses said, Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he's saying, Nathaniel, we found, we found the Messiah, the one that all the Bible, all the Old Testament, well, they only had the Old Testament, all the Torah and the prophets, everything else is all about. It's all about him. It's all about this guy. And here he is. And we found him. And he's... The son of Joseph in, from Nazareth. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Like, so I guess Nathanael knew a bit of the scripture and he's thinking, Nazareth? Nazareth? I don't even see Nazareth in my Bible. I don't know why you would want him to be following a man from Nazareth. And so <clears throat> verse 47 is a beauty. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. And said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Can you imagine Jesus, who knows everything, looking at you and saying, Wow, there's an English man, there's an English woman, there's a, there's a Zimbabwean guy within whom there is no deceit. This guy is the real deal. This lady, she's the real deal. There's no deceit in this person. And he looks at Nathaniel. And you can imagine Nathaniel being totally disarmed in that moment. All his suspicion, all his kind of like, ooh, about Nazareth. Ugh. He's like suddenly one. It's like Jesus knows him. Good morning, Averill. And uh, so Jesus saw Nathaniel and said, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Some translations say no guile. He's not sneaky. He's not got a side to him. He's just a great guy. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. He's, he doesn't need much convincing, does he? He's like, Jesus knows him. He knew he was sitting under the fig tree. He'd had this word of knowledge where suddenly God had given him that picture and he'd seen Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree and God would have said, yeah, he's going to come to you today, son. And so then he sees Nathaniel come and he already knows that he's one of his. It's so cool, isn't it? And Jesus answered, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending 
on the Son of Man. Wow, he's saying, you think that's good, Nathaniel? Stick around with me. You're going to see heaven opened. You're going to see some phenomenal stuff. You're going to have revelation and insight. So this thing of the angels ascending and descending was a vision that Jacob had had, one of the patriarchs, right way back in Israel's history, right at the beginning. If you missed my series on Genesis, it's all there. On, on It's on my podcast. It's on the Prayer House YouTube channel. You can listen to that. Um... But Jacob was a scallywag, but he had this vision of heaven opened and um, God speaking from heaven and angels going up and down this staircase, um, which was incredible. But then Jesus says to Nathaniel, you're going to see that, but they're going up and down on me. I'm the ladder. <laughs> you imagine Nathaniel's little brain circuits fried in one go. He's like, whoa. And I'm going to see that stuff. This is amazing. And then you remember the Beatitudes. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is Nathaniel, a man who's pure in heart. He's going to see God. He's not got another agenda. All he wants is to see the purpose of God. All he wants to see is Jesus, is to see God glorified. He wants to see the Messiah. He wants things to change. He's been holding out. He's been praying and crying out with a pure heart for God to move. And Jesus says, do you know what, Nathaniel? I know you. And this is what you're going to see. You're going to see heaven opened. Wow. <laughs> Jesus is Jacob's ladder. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't it incredible? Jesus is the anointed messiah the one who's come to bring good news to the poor jesus is the one who's come to set you free he's come to set the captives free oh my that's why i follow him that's why i've given my life to him because he is just so amazing let's pray jesus once again today we want to honor you and acknowledge you for who you really are you are the christ the son of the living god and we surrender again our hearts to you you are amazing. Amen. Have a stunning day. Don't forget to like it, share it and pass it around. Let's get the word out there. Such good news, isn't it? <laughs> Who would not want to follow Jesus? Woohoo! Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine.